First impressions aren't the most important thing. They're the only thing. At Ernie's Print Shop, we'll produce what you need to represent your company professionally. Right now, you can get 1,000 full-color business cards, 1,000 4x6 postcards, or a 3x5 banner for just $60. You choose. Check us out at Ernie'sPrintShop.com. Ernie's Print Shop. Over 50 years, one source, one solution. Ernie'sPrintShop.com. 502-969-8585. Being a victim of crime is no joke, but you do have options that can help you avoid becoming a victim. I'm Ed Springston of the My View Matters Radio Show, and on behalf of myself and co-host Ed Martin, I urge each of you to help us fight against crime. You can do your part by calling Crime Stoppers at 582 Clue. Since 1982, Crime Stoppers has helped get over 23,000 criminals off the street with your help. Working together, we can make a difference to take our streets back. Please call Crime Stoppers at 582-CLUE, or you can visit them online at www.582clue.com. Remember, Crime Stoppers always offers up to a $1,000 reward. Get involved and help make a positive change in your neighborhood. Thanks. Advertisers, here's a great way to reach a quality audience. Get heard on My View Matters and make some noise in the marketplace. Email myviewmatters at aol.com for advertising opportunities. Make a sound investment. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, welcome once again to the Ed Springster Show, brought to you by the MVM Radio Network, home of EdSpringster.com. You go for the latest stories, podcasts, whatever we've got going. While you're at EdSpringster.com, I would ask that you please do a few things. First and foremost, like the thousands of people before you, please join the email newsletter. We'll send you updates on a weekly or a monthly basis, your choice. Secondly, please join the RSS feed, and you'll get the podcast delivered direct to your inbox. And finally, donate, donate, donate. Yes, we do have a handy-dandy donate button at edsprinkson.com, and that's what helps us kind of keep everything rolling. In the meantime, calling number is always 858-683-1326. You can also uh, reach us in the live chat, which is open right now. And you can uh, reach me on Facebook through Messenger at Ed Springston. As a matter of fact, send me a friend request, and we'll we'll get with you on Facebook as well. Um, I tell you, there's a lot of things going on. First and foremost, though, Mr. Ed Martin will not be with us tonight, so we've got to make sure that you know we get that out there right away. Which means one thing: you're stuck with listening to me for the next hour. Sometimes that scares people. Um, I don't know why. It just seems to have that effect. Who knows? A whole lot of things going on. We'll start real quick with sports. Yeah, a lot of people think we've turned it into a sports show. We really haven't. Uh, But I do think it's something that needs to be talked about for a second. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. But Louisville finally got a little bit of respect. Not much. 
But they're finally in the AP Top 25 for the first time this season. They're ranked at number 23. And it, the thing that makes this a story to me is, is kind of surprising because Louisville um, has won five of its last seven. Um, and they went into the Top 25 after beating Boston College and Georgia Tech last week. But the amazing thing was, uh, you know, they have signature victories over number eight Michigan State, uh, then number eight Michigan State, and then number 12 North Carolina. And they couldn't break the top 25. So they break Boston College and Georgia Tech, and all of a sudden they're good enough for the top 25. Explain to me how these guys do the ranking. But congratulations to uh, new coach Chris Mack and the entire Louisville team. They're your, you know, it's it's good to see them back in some kind of action, but, but to some degree I still think they're getting screwed over. Um, you know, if you look at a lot of things going on in basketball right now, it's like they just don't want to give them any credit at all. Thanks for everything that went on with all the, uh, you know, negative crap with Rick Pitino, Tom Drudge, and the whole sports system. I get it, I get it, but you don't take that out on the players, you know. And that seems to be what it's been. So congratulations to Chris Mack, who I've got to tell you right now. I told everybody at the beginning I wasn't sure he was going to be the right fit for Louisville, um, you know. And over the last, uh, the first part of the season anyway. He's making a liar out of me. So, you know, I can admit when I'm wrong. Maybe I was wrong. But the team seems to uh, be be responding to him. They're doing a pretty damn good job. And this Jordan Warwick kid, man, I tell you what, he's something else. But they uh, deserve what they're getting right now. So let's go ahead and, uh, you know, wish them the best. We have a lot of stories um, right now locally and nationally. Uh, you know, we're going to get into the Covington Catholic thing here in a few minutes and stuff like that. But I also want to start out by talking about a story. This was brought to my attention a few hours ago. And to me, it, it's, it's pretty damn tragic. A 10-year-old boy on Saturday um, committed suicide. His mom and his dad, the story is at WDRB, and the story is that the parents of this 10-year-old boy who committed suicide are planning to sue JCPS. Uh, they're claiming the bullying uh, and JCPS didn't do anything about it, which is pretty normal. Um, you know, but Tammy Charles and Donnie Bridges are the parents. Uh, the 10 year old son, seven was their only child. He committed suicide. Uh, Charles, uh, Tammy Charles found her son hanging in a closet when she got back from the grocery store on Saturday morning. Um, they're saying that he was a victim of repeated bullying at Carrick Elementary and on the school bus. This story to me seems to be something that's becoming all too common. Um, bullying on the school bus has become a way of life. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. Bullying has been around since the beginning of time. It will be around once I'm long gone. There's always going to be bullying. But in my opinion, two things are going on right here. The school system don't care. JCPS, as soon as they took their own buses over, took it away from the private contractors, this situation has risen exponentially where kids are being hurt on the school buses bullied on the school buses, fights on the school buses. Parents are now attacking bus drivers because a bus driver might tell their kid to stop it. Um, so we have a hell of a lot of problems going on at home by teaching our kids what the real world's about. 
But JCPS doesn't really want any responsibility, so they really don't care, in my opinion. Um, you know, this isn't the first instance of, of bullying on JCPS. It's a daily occurrence. The schools will typically suspend a kid for a couple of days off the bus, but then he goes right back on the bus and continues the bullying. Except this time now he's more violent because Mama wasn't happy because he had to sit at home for a couple of days. You know, these things matter. But this is a devastating story. Um, you know, Carrick Elementary has a lot more of this going on than anybody knows about. I know people who work at Carrick Elementary, and it's and it's a it's a clusterfuck to say the least. Uh, phones are already lighting up. Let's start with McAdam. How are you, sir? I'm just fine, uh, Ed. Uh, as you know, I have a uh, lawsuit pending in Jefferson Circuit Court with a very similar uh, a fact situation, although not as tragic. Uh, the, I mean, I, I can't imagine what goes through a 10-year-old boy's mind to make him think that that the only way he can be safe in this world is to leave it. Right. Uh, uh, that my heart goes out to the family. I mean, it's just absolutely, absolutely it, it's an incredible tragedy. In my in my case, uh, I have a um, uh, a young girl who was who's uh, um, autistic, and she has a, a bunch of other uh, um, things she's being treated for mental problems, and uh, and she was riding a bus, and uh, an older kid, uh, a girl. Uh, Beat her up and choked her almost to the point of passing out, and and uh, the bus driver didn't even file a report. He broke up the fight, but uh, he didn't uh, file a report or anything. At first, the school board wouldn't even give me a copy of the video. I had to get the police to go get a copy right. of the video, um, and uh, they're claiming they don't know anything about it. They don't have any incident report. They don't know anything about it, and and of course. My, the parent of my girl called them that same day and talked to the assistant principal, told her the whole story, and, and she was promised that they would look into it and so forth. Um, the, the number of cover-ups that, that, of this sort that happen on a daily basis is, at, at the school board is just incredible. They are, they are under instructions to, to minimize the damage. And right. so whenever there, whenever there is a, a child that is uh, hurt or molested or bullied or, 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 or beat up or anything like that, um, right. they, try to, they try to pretend it didn't happen because right. obviously it, re, it reflects poorly on their management and it reflects poorly on their statistics. They are absolutely terrified of the statistics that show that that some classes of kids uh, misbehave at a much higher rate than other classes of kids. Right. And, right. And, and they're afraid that they're going to be called racist because of this. And so they, they fudge the numbers. I mean, they, they do the same thing the Louisville Police Department does. You know, they, they pretend that these well, see, crimes the don't, don't happen. And, and what that's it does is it makes, it makes going to school um, a lot more dangerous than it ought to be. Okay? Schools are supposed to train kids to live in the world they're supposed to educate our children we turn our children over to the government to be educated uh -huh. we, we shouldn't put them in an unsafe uh, category b because we do that and i'm just right. uh, i'm as a parent and as a as a taxpayer and as a citizen of this community i am outraged uh -huh. at at the at, at the way that the school board um and their underlings uh, approach this thing 
they just want to sweep everything under the rug, and um, it's it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking, Ed. Well, it's also it's also costing a bunch of money to JCPS. They're constantly complaining they don't have enough money, but they're settling a lot of lawsuits quietly and everything else. I don't know the exact number because nobody can give it to me. Uh, my estimate is probably in uh, probably in, in, in a few million dollars, right? That's money that could be used in the classrooms or, or even getting security. You know, this is a tragic situation, and unfortunately, it's not the only situation. In this particular case, Seven was the child's name. Uh, this happened in August, uh, was when it first started. He was choked and called a racial slur, according to the reports of WDRB, while he was riding the school bus. He nearly lost consciousness, was complaining of being dizzy after, so his mom took him for a CAT scan. Uh, she reported it to the school. They didn't do anything about it. Didn't even. They said they were going to open an investigation. They didn't open an investigation until much later because the mom refused to, to drop it and went to the JCPS administrators. Um, you know, they don't even know to this day whether the student who attacked their son at first uh, was ever disciplined at all. Uh, you know, the JCPS refusing to comment on that. So we're looking at all of this stuff. Um, you know, and the thing is, after this incident, um, you know, since it was reported, um, he was labeled a snitch by some of his classmates. He lost all his friends. Uh, the teacher started treating him differently, according to the reports. The teacher started treating him differently. His, his classroom friends turned their back on him. Uh, you know, they kept calling him a snitch. I mean, that's a lot of pressure for a 10-year-old kid. Now, according to uh, the kid's dad, uh, you know, they went to church and stuff and everything else, and this kid didn't have a, a hateful bone in him. He didn't know how to fight. He didn't know how to, you know, he didn't know how to fight back. Uh, he was never taught that. Um, you know, and, I, and actually, truthfully, to some degree, I think that's part of the problem with kids today. We're not teaching them, you know, that you have to stand up for yourself and that you're allowed to fight back, things like that. And we'll get into a little bit more of that here shortly. But, you know, this kid... Uh, you know, has some medical problems. Well, let's let's bring Paul in real quick. Paul, you're on here. Um, you know, this is a, a story that sh- we shouldn't even be talking about. Paul, I can't hardly hear you. Hello. Paul, are you there? Hello. There yeah. you are. Much better. Much better. Go ahead. Yeah, this is a story we shouldn't even be talking about. Shouldn't even be reported. This um, this this failure by JCPS to deal with this bullying epidemic in JCPS, guys. This has been going on for years and years and years. And I agree with Tom. The the it seems like the classic response from JCPS including the JCPS board, is to basically sweep it under the rug and pretend like it's not happening. I know a couple of Jefferson County public school bus drivers, and they have told me that their hands are are tied greatly in dealing with bullying on the school bus. One they of are. the problems that, that the bus drivers have is that, you know, if I'm a bus driver, or maybe if you guys were bus drivers and something started, uh, would be to pull to the side of the road until we can get the situation calmed down. But JCPS bus drivers, for example, are punished if they miss their timing on their route too right. much. So if a bus driver need, if your bus driver 
pulled off to the side for 15 minutes and the kids were late to school, the bus driver was going to get in trouble. Never mind that the bus driver may have prevented or at least ameliorated a bad situation involving bullying. Never mind that. JCPS. I think that's a really good point. I actually think that's a really good point. When I was a kid, I mean, we, we, you know, every, everybody has bullies. There's going to be bullies forever. There's nothing you're going to be able to do to stop some people from being trying to be a bully. The only way to beat a bully is to beat a bully, beat his ass. Then he don't bully no more. Um, you know, but, but we're not teaching our kids to defend themselves against that kind of stuff. But you're right about the buses. When I was a kid, we had bullies on my bus, you know, and, and if a bully tries something on the bus, my bus driver pulled over. He stopped the bus, he put it in park, he turned the bus off, and he walked back there and got it straightened out. I mean, that's just the way it is. I had a bully try to stand up to one of my bus drivers one time. Bus driver grabbed him by his hair, threw him in the front seat. This was a 15-year-old kid. Grabbed him by his hair, threw him in the front seat. He said, you don't move from that seat, and we're going to stop again, and I'm going to whop your ass. That kid didn't. When they got to school, the parent was called, and the parent sided with the bus driver. Now the parent wants to beat the bus driver up for singling out their child. You know, we've lost so much in the home and on the bus, but the buses have zero control. You're right about that. So when we look at that, though, you know, I, we, we've got two different cases right now that we're talking about on here. Mr. McAdam just mentioned one that he's in the middle of. This particular child has autism and some other medical situations, uh, including, including mental situations. Why is this kid even allowed on a normal school bus? Why aren't we spending a special needs bus to pick this child up, right? And this, in his particular case, I'm not speaking on your behalf, Mr. McAdam, but based on what you've told us, your child should probably be on a special needs bus, and that would be an issue, I would think. You know, in a particular case of seven, the 10-year-old who just committed suicide, and let me be real clear here, folks, I was not going to talk about this story tonight. I really, really wasn't. But WDRB put the story out there. It's already a public story. By God, it's something we need to address. My, my heart goes out to these parents. I could not even begin to imagine losing a child, much less losing a young child, by something like this. But when you look at Seven, Seven had a medical condition. He had bowel problems. He has had 26. Think about this. Seven had 26 surgeries that were unsuccessful to fix his bowel problem. So as I, as I understand it, the reason he was being bullied was because there was probably a distinct odor about him from his bowel problem, that it was outside of his control. All right? So why wasn't anybody trying to, you know, make sure everybody knew that kind of, you know, I know you don't want to talk about his medical condition, but make sure everybody knows, you know, that, it, that there's something he can't control. You know, why, why is everybody thinking that it's okay to allow this behavior? Why is JCPS sleeping it under the rug? Why are bus drivers, you know, held accountable for times while the people on the buses are beating people? I know bus drivers who have been told they cannot fill out a report. When they went to fill out a report, they said, you're not going to file that. All right. I also know kids who are extremely out of control on buses, beating up anybody and everybody they feel like beating up. And they're still allowed on the bus. Why are these kids allowed to be on the bus at all? If I'm not mistaken, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, McAdam, you might know this, uh, but I believe Teddy Gordon has a lawsuit that's either getting ready to be filed or is filed against JCPS because a student was kicked off of the bus for behavior, and this student uh, got hit by a car or something waiting at a TARC bus stop, 
And so now we're going to file a lawsuit saying that JCPS was wrong to keep this child off the bus. He's, he's entitled to be on the school bus. Even though he's unruly and jeopardizing all of these other kids because a bus driver is jeopardized as well, JCPS would be wrong in that, in that regard. I don't buy Teddy Gordon's argument with that. Uh, have you heard anything well, you, about, you that, to, about that, guys? Yeah, you, you have to remember that that legally children who are in the care of of the public school system are in what's called a special relationship with the government. And that is the government is serving in loco parentis, that is, in the place of the parents, okay? Mm -hmm. And so the school has certain authority over the children uh, in terms of their behavior and, and so forth. But they also have the same responsibilities that parents have. And, and the number one responsibility is to keep them safe. Now, they could solve a lot of this problem with putting monitors on the buses. And some of the buses do have monitors on them. But the monitors are expensive. Busing is expensive. Everything's expensive. But until they get rid of, of all of these $100,000 a year bureaucrats that they have down at the Van Hoos Education Center, I mean, this this school system is top-heavy with administrative personnel, and and there, there's a shortage of teachers. There's a shortage of bus monitors. They're, they're, they're crying for bus drivers. They can't get enough of them because they don't pay them enough, obviously. And, and so as long as their priorities are – to to keep the the educational establishment the bureaucracy functioning and not to look out after the safety of the kids then this is going to go on and and there's only two ways to stop it one is for the voters to pay attention to the school board and elect some decent people that's probably not going to happen because the the school board races are really pretty much controlled by the school unions uh the unions voters a block and uh you're not going to see any democratic changes. The other, the other way it's going to change is if it becomes too expensive for them to do this. And so people like Teddy Gordon and me and other lawyers that are constantly suing the school board and getting them to pay out millions of dollars, pretty soon they're going to realize that it's cheaper to do the right thing and protect these kids I mean, this this family's going to sue for the death of their child, and no amount of money that they get, no amount of money is going to replace that little ten-year-old boy. I mean, there's no question about it. But but juries can't do that. Juries can't bring people back to life. Juries can't make things go away. All they can do is award damages. And as juries get educated as to what the problem is, they're going to be hitting these school board people harder and harder with these judgments, and pretty soon they're going to figure out that it's cheaper to do the right thing and protect these kids the way parents protect their children and put monitors on the school buses and enforce discipline in the school and and statistics. Forget about the statistics. What they need to do, they need to do is make these schools safe places for our children to get their education. Once they realize that it's too expensive to do otherwise, then they'll change. But but don't expect the voters to be able to make any influence because our our system, our system of electing school board members and setting up the school board as a separate taxing agency, uh, it has been a colossal failure here in Jefferson County, and I might say all around the country same problems 
it is. It, Why are we paying we, a school superintendent? Pardon? Why are we paying a school superintendent? Well, he's supposed to supervise all of this. I mean, that's his job. He is. He doesn't. To be the, the JCPS. Well, I know, I know he doesn't. Well, I mean, the point is the JCPS board controls everything. Yes. The superintendent is basically nothing but a figurehead. He might as well be the Queen of England. They're just a figurehead. They don't really make any changes. All right? So, I'm serious. I mean, that's the way it is. So, why are we paying a superintendent? I have advocated for years, and I will continue to advocate this until the day that I die, that we eliminate the JCPS school board. The superintendent should be, we should have accountability. Everybody says, well, you got accountability at the voting polls. No, you don't. You're dealing with a bunch no, of backwoods really cut. Fuck, you're dealing with a bunch of backwoods, country fucks, spoiled rotten union people who don't give a shit about anything but themselves. And they can say anything they want to about me. I've worked in three different unions, and all three unions were the same damn way. They don't care about nothing but themselves. They're spoiled and they're too righteous. But you look at a top-heavy part of JCPS school board. The reason it's top-heavy is because the JCPS board allows the Van Hoos people to, to have these cushy jobs. The JCPS board controls the superintendent, and the unions control it all. So you look at the millions of dollars we could save, as you so elegantly pointed out, by, by getting rid of the top heavy, getting rid of all the chiefs and hiring more Indians, if you will. And I don't care if the Native Americans think that's racially insensitive. Fight me. But look at this. But you look at well, this. I, I, wrote a, I, I did a study a couple of years ago, as you know, and I, I wrote it in uh, Louisville Magazine, uh, comparing the uh, the structure of the Jefferson County School Board with the structures in uh, national average, the national average is one administrative personnel uh, for every school classroom teacher, and that includes you know the, the ladies that work in the in the lunchroom and the people that work in the office and the custodians huh. and everything one to one in the in the uh, Parochial schools here in Jefferson County, the ratio is one to two. That is, there is one um, uh, administrative personnel a person for every two classroom teachers. At the JCPA, it's just the opposite. There are two non-teaching administrative employees for every one classroom teacher. So it's the exact opposite of what the, the public schools are, and it's twice as much as the national average. And, and, and who we're, has we're, better uh, who has better education? No, there's no question about that. I mean, <laughs> you, you, the, te the test scores and the SAT scores and everything else show that that the, that the private schools, uh, parochial and other private schools around Jefferson County, uh, do a better job of educating kids. There's no question about that. But but then you've got the problem of what happens to all the money? You know, we're, we're spending now almost fifteen thousand dollars a year per student. Uh, per year, okay, and so you figure twenty kids in a classroom, right? Uh, that's that's three hundred thousand dollars, right? Three hundred thousand dollars for that classroom. How much of that does a teacher get? Well, with salary and and uh, in-service uh, uh, promotion for master's degrees and so forth, uh, pension, they're making up fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, okay? So there's still a quarter of a million dollars left over. Where does that money go? Well, you say $50,000 of that probably goes for uh, debt retirement on building the schools, which we haven't built a lot lately, but, but and, and, you know, general maintenance and running the, the lunchroom and the school buses and so forth. Okay, 
that still leaves 200 grand. Where does that money go? I'll tell you where it goes. It goes to the Van Hoos Education Center, where they have so many bureaucrats. They have a deputy superintendent in charge of Thursday morning. I mean, they have – listen, I have sued them a number of times, and I go out there to take depositions, and I walk into somebody's office, and there's nothing on his desk except maybe a copy of the newspaper. I mean, there's nothing on his desk. There are people that have nothing to do. All they do all day long is go to meetings and and, and pat each other on the back. What, what we need to do is is to just, I'm not saying burn the building down or anything. It's a, it's a decent enough building. But we need to just put them all out of work and start over again. We need to start from, from scratch and develop a, a school system that works. The, what we've got now is an abject failure. And, you know, you, we can point the finger, blame it to politicians and at the stupid voters and at the, anyway, the certainly the, the, the school, uh, the JCTA, uh, uh, the teachers' union, deserves a lot of the blame. But that doesn't do any good. The question is, where do we go from here? And, and what we're doing is we're turning out people. You know, there was a time when kids graduated from high school and they had studied Latin and Greek. Now, every high school student, every high school student from the public schools that goes to the University of Louisville has to take remedial English and remedial mathematics. Every one of them. I mean, there, there's Bingo. almost no exceptions, and, and so and they have to pay for this. You, you have to pay for these these catch-up courses, and you don't get you don't get credit for them, right? Okay, so that's money out of your parents' pockets or money out of your pocket if you if you get a student loan. It's because we are turning out illiterate, uneducated kids that that can't can't figure can't do long division. That's because and, and, that's and, because JCPS has turned our public schools into a social program experiment. I mean, that's the bottom oh, that's line. Right. We no longer that's focus, right. we no longer right. focus on right. reading, writing, arithmetic. We focus on, well, you've got to accept this person for this. Oh, you got to say, please, you got to do this, you got to do that. Let's worry about the snowflakes and the hurt feelings. Now, we have made it that way to the point where kids like this 10-year-old 7 couldn't even adapt because nobody taught him how it's supposed to be. Nobody is holding the bullies accountable. Nobody's doing anything to make sure we're teaching in the classroom. I mean, we've got teachers out there who are teaching such ridiculous shit in the classrooms. It's unbelievable. But we're not focused on, on, on the main issues of education. Teaching our children the basics of life. We've gotten out of that. And quite frankly, you know, we, we blame the JCTA. We blame the JCPS. We blame a lot of things. But there is some blame here for each and every parent who allows this shit from their own children, who doesn't hold their children accountable. And then if JCPS does hold, try to hold them accountable, then JCPS gets sued. That's one of the reasons that JCPS and everybody else got backed into a corner. Because parents started saying, hey, my kid is special. He's more special than any other kid, and it's your fault. And yet when the kid gets home and tells mom that they did something wrong or the school calls, the parent immediately goes in there and rips the principal or rips the teacher or, or goes and tries to fight the bus driver at the bus stop. So, I mean, what we're looking at here, I guess, is a breakdown in society overall, and our kids are paying the price for it, and the parents of 10-year-old 7 paid the ultimate price. They had to see their son hanging in a closet. It's a, it's a nightmare. We have dropped the ball, and, and I don't know any other way to put that. I... Uh, you know, your client 
is another one. I mean, there, there has to be a better way. And the sad reality is we're spending all kinds of money settling these lawsuits so that they don't go to court. The last thing JCPS wants or JCTA wants is anything to have to actually go to court and be put in front of a jury. So they will mediate, they will settle, they will do anything they can. They'll try to do it on the cheap. But you know this firsthand, and you have to respect your client's wishes. You know, the court says you have to try mediation first, all right? And almost everybody has a price that they'll accept in mediation. Almost everybody, no exception to that. And that's the problem. So these things get mediated, you get the non-disclosure, and JCPS gets away with it. So what? It's not their money, right? It's our money. So they don't have to care about that, just like the government. You know, they are the government. But you eliminate the school board. You have the mayor and the superintendent solely responsible for, for JCPS. And I wonder how much of that would change. What would happen if Marty Polio didn't have to deal with the JCPS school board? What would happen if Greg Fisher was held accountable to the Jefferson County Public Schools and his hiring of Marty Polio? That's where you have the ultimate accountability. Ed, I wish you wouldn't keep referring to the collective we. We don't. We collectively don't don't allow them to do anything. We collectively have been crying for years for them to ship up or shape up. Okay, but we collectively it. are not getting it done. I mean, it, we're not getting what we're asking for, and in some cases, demanding. Here, let me give you a little little interesting tidbit. That uh, uh, that has little to do with this poor kid's death, but I've just looked up here on the internet that the elementary school that he was attending, Carrick Elementary, uh-huh. is in District Four. District Four is uh, the school board member's name is Benjamin G's G I E S, and according to his bio, Benjamin G's is a teacher of U.S. history in Oldham County. Look at this. Mm-hmm. In Oldham County. Okay. Why? He cannot possibly be in touch with JCPS issues because he's more focused on his students in Oldham County. Sure. What am I listening to? Tom, is that you? Cool. It was king in the year 1000. Yeah, that was McAdam. I'm going to shut his mic off for just a second. Um, I mean, you're right about that, you know, and, and that's another thing. If you don't have any skin in the game, how can you how can you understand? You know, we've got 101,000 a- students in 150 schools throughout here. Um, I don't have to break down by class size, but the last time I remember going after the class sizes and trying to see what the, the average class size was, it worked out to be about 24 students per class, not 20. So we, we look at that. Um, you know, as McAdam pointed out, that's over $300,000 per classroom per year, right? And the teachers end up on average somewhere around fifty to 60000 a year, which should be the major cost of the classroom. Where's the rest of it go? You know, if well, you want to assume... Some of the teachers who've been there a while, they're knocking down seventy grand or more because they have advanced sure. degrees and they've got time and job. So, uh, so... I reject well, you also have to add in you also have to add but you also have to add in the medical, the free pensions, all the other shit they get, all right? It actually works out to be more than that. But go ahead. Well, well, but there I'm going to say two things about teachers that some of your listeners are going to get upset about. Number one, 
Uh, I reject the notion that teachers are underpaid. I reject that. I've looked at the salary scale for experienced teachers. Now, maybe part-time teachers, you know, maybe right. maybe they're underpaid. But I reject the notion that fully tenured teachers uh, who have who have uh, who have been on the job for two or three years are underpaid. Number one. Number two. One thing I will will fuss about with regard to teachers, uh, the way they get treated, has to do with how many of these teachers take money out of their own pocket for in-class supplies. I think it's criminal that with the amount of money that Jefferson County Public School Board takes from property owners in Jefferson County, Kentucky, I think it's criminal for teachers, all of these classroom teachers, to have to pay for school supplies out of their own pocket. I think it's criminal that the Jefferson County Teachers Association allow, has allowed this to happen for untold numbers of years. I think it's criminal that Brent McKim, the president of the Jefferson County Teachers Association Union, is paid out of tax money for being a union president. He doesn't teach. He doesn't sweep floors. He's a union president, and we're paying him one of those six-figure salaries that Tom McAdam talked about. He Absolutely. With, why are we paying? With 600 other – yeah, why are we paying 600-plus administrators in Jefferson County Public Schools more than a hundred grand each per year? Yep. Well, let's look at this. Let's look at this realistically. We've got 150 schools in this district. In JCPS, right? If we were to cut just one and a half million dollars in overhead by by these chiefs that are sitting out there at the Banhus Education Center, if we could cut a million and a half of those salaries out, and we could do that quite easily without breathing hard, that's an average of ten thousand dollars a school. How much copy paper will that buy? How much? How many pencils? How much paper? Right? That, that, that's a lot of money. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things you could do, and that's a very, very minimal amount. I personally believe we can cut 10 to $20 million a year out of Van Hoos easily, and we can convert that oh, to the classroom, and we can convert that to the do teachers. You, we can do those kind of things. Do you, you know, know how much but, some of these teachers are paying out of pocket for things that they need, not just things that they want, but sure. things that they need in their classroom? Many of these teachers – are out of pocket over a thousand dollars a year, a school year. Excuse me, a thousand dollars a school year, out of uh-huh. their pocket just to buy stuff that their kids need to learn the lesson well, that who picked out. That's right, the Jefferson County School Board picked out the lesson because they picked and out the And here's the, the other kicker. And here's the other kicker. All right, the teachers are out there whining because they want more money in their paycheck because they're doing that, but they're not bitching about the daggone same red tape and overhead that they have to go through just to get anything done in the classroom. There's good teachers out there ah. who are pissed off, who are pissed off at the way Van Hoos controls everything. But nobody's bitching about that so that they can get the money to save the money. If they saved a $1,000 a year, then they wouldn't need a $1,000 raise, would they? You know, uh, so they boy, know what the just, hell's, they know what the hell's going on. Another, yeah, of course, and then you got schools out there. You? Well, us parents, you know, the parents used to buy the pencils, the paper, and everything else. I bought all that shit for my kids when they went to public school. You know, I mean, I had to pay for all of that stuff. The parents were responsible for that, but now the parents say it's not their responsibility. Or, you know, or we can't afford it. They can afford a brand new iPhone 10, but they can't afford to buy pencils and paper for their kid, right? 
All these different things add up. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Society as a whole has dropped the ball, and here in Louisville anyway. You know, that's what I'm talking about. The priorities are fucked up. They're just completely fucked up, and that's from top to bottom. So the teachers who want to bitch because they're spending money out of their pocket are also bitching because they want this pay raise so that they can pretend like they're somebody, but they're, but they're bitching about the red tape in the schools and how screwed up Van Hoosh is, but they're not going to do anything about that because that's their bread and butter, right? The JCPS school board is going to give them the raise that they want. So we'll keep spending money out of our pockets so we can keep on bitching, pad our pensions and everything else, and, and then why? Because we're so mistreated instead of going after the people who are abusing and mistreating us. So the teachers are as much hypocrites as anybody else is. And I know I've got a lot of teachers who listen to this show. And I'll get chastised tomorrow, if not tonight, uh, you know, for, for what I'm saying. But that's life. That's the truth. And then you've got you know, schools making... out there. Well, here's the other part of it, Paul. Then we've got schools no, out there now that have dress codes, right? So the parents are forced to buy clothes for their kids so that they can, their uniforms. Catholic schools, you've got to wear a uniform, but that's a private school. You know that going in. But now your kid happens to go to a certain school in the public school system. Well, now they're treated like a Catholic school kid. So now the parent has to spend a couple of grand for uniforms because they don't want their kids to wear jeans to school. So you're taking away from the money they could be spending for paper and pencils, you know, the important stuff. Go ahead, Paul. Well, I think you're making, you're making a case for two people, uh, one of which is on this call and one of which is not. I think you're making a good case for Tom McAdam. In this case, uh, and that well, is I know because that personal level. That's not hard to do. But go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. I think you make a good case for Tom's argument number one, but you're also Ed making a, a really good case for Dr. Wayne Lewis's uh, uh, position when he wanted to essentially take over the system top to bottom. Uh, and and again, Tom talked about starting all over. I think that would have been a good time to start all over. But right now, we're kind of in a two-year honeymoon period, giving Dr. Marty Polio an opportunity to work with Dr. Lewis and to, to get some things straightened out. I, for one, while I remain somewhat hopeful, based on the track record of the Jefferson County School Board, I'm, I don't see that changing all that much. The, the, the seven people on the school board are they, they get involved in this group think. They get involved in this group think and for reasons that I don't understand, they make some of the most the, the most insane decisions out there. Uh, their their solution to most problems, let's create a new program. Let's let's hire a new director. They they do everything to dance around the problem instead of actually addressing the issue. So we're all on a power trip. The JCPS school board is worthless. They know it's worthless, but we're elected officials. You know, it's like Nancy Pelosi a couple of weeks ago said that that she's equal to the president of the United States. Sometimes I think that's what the oh, JCPS yeah. believes. Every one of them, every one of them, get elected to the school board. Well, we're equal to a councilman or the mayor. So therefore, we've got to be coddled, pushed, and our boots have to be kissed. So, you know, so we're going to do whatever we want to do and let you know that we have the power and that, and that we're better than you are. I mean, that's what it is to me. It's not but an ego trip. Because I can't believe that, that seven people voted in from seven different districts, even if they are snowflake liberals, could be that dumb at the same time. I really can't. 
So they're either bought and yes, paid for. Well, I don't. I, it's hard for me to justify that. No, it's it's no, like no, you and Tom, McAdam. Tom, I mean, let's let's make this clear. Tom, no, I want to make this clear because you and McAdam are friends of mine uh, away from here. I know you guys, right? And we don't agree on everything. As a matter of fact, we get in some heated arguments sometimes over our disagreements, right? But that's I not, have a hard time believing. That's not true. Yeah. Well, you're right. I've I agree never with disagreed you. with uh, you. <laughs> hey, listen, Mister Debater, I know better. But the point is, just, the point just, is, just remember, Ed. If Moses had been a committee, the Jews would still be in Egypt. Ah, oh, you know what? You're right about that. But that is, that is the whole point. Is, it's a failure of leadership. It's exactly what it is. Of course, it is. So seven people aren't that stupid, but they have one leader on there. They elect them. So you know, we look at all of this stuff. I mean, us three are three different individuals who collectively can have conversations and communicate. We may disagree on different things, but somewhere we find a solution to that disagreement. These guys don't even disagree, and they're elected from seven different areas of this county. That's what amazes me. Are, are we really that stupid, or are they that ego-driven? I don't know. They're, All I no, do know they're is... That, let, they're bought, yeah, they're bought and paid for, as you indicated, as one of the possibilities oh, just a few short seconds ago. The JCTA owns the Jefferson County School Board members. Lock, the JCTA spends tens of, uh, excuse me, hundreds of thousands of dollars given two or three year election cycle to get these people on the board and then they count out. You know, they deliver the goods. They follow the JCTA's right. uh, wishes. To the, and at the expense of good quality education, and that's why and every, people okay. like Tom McAdam ends up getting clients. That's why he gets clients. Well, he gets clients because they have money. Ain't no lawyer works for free. But that's another story. Um, I'm just kidding, <laughs> Adam. I'm just kidding. But you know, you know, everybody is entitled to legal representation until they're broke. McAdam told me that. Go ahead, Paul. <laughs> I did not know no. about that little inside saying oh, in the lawyer industry. That's cool. It's a joke. But the thing is, though, the thing is, though, you know, this is what we have to deal with. So the liberals continue to scream when it suits and it's, and it's, and it's to their advantage. What about the kids, right? Now they're screaming about what about the kids at the border, for example, but they're aborting hundreds of thousands of babies every year. They don't care about the kids damn because it doesn't suit their narrative. Same thing with JCPS. The JCTA buys these damn seats, and every election they go out and they get reelected or, or, or put into election by the JCTA. And we now know, and I think it's blatantly obvious, that it's never been about the kids. It's been about a selfish individuals who are only interested in themselves. That's why our kids suffer. And when we look at that in play and we're talking about bullying, I want to shift the table a little bit. I want to get into Covington Catholic for a minute because what we saw this weekend is atrocious. We saw the mainstream media take a quick clip of a video of a high school kid with a smirk on his face staring down a Native American supposed Marine vet from Vietnam. And by the way, are they serious about this? I've got family members who are Marine vets. I'm a veteran myself, not of the Marines. All right? And I know many people that have served in Vietnam, and we have countless conversations. 
But, you know, talking about the military, the Marines of Vietnam as a way of life, for me within my own family, because we share the veteran status. And every one of them are appalled that this Native American, this Nathan Phillip, sits out there and confronts this kid. But see, the mainstream media didn't let us know any of that. They try to project that these teenage kids, these high school kids from Covington Catholic, were out there and they surrounded this Native American and threatened him. Now we know that there were some black racist militant bastards that were using racial slurs and everything else against the white high school kids. These were adults, the black adults, not children, folks, that are bullying the white children. Black adults bullying the white children. So these kids decided to start doing their high school cheers just to drown them out so they didn't have to listen to it. The only thing that they have on video evidence of any confrontation between those two people was one child, one white kid, asking them, why do you have to be so mean? That doesn't sound like bullying. That doesn't sound like retaliation. That doesn't sound like anything. So they do cheers to drown that out. This Native American so-called Vietnam veteran Marine, and tell me why the media has not verified those credentials. And this guy stolen valor? Because he's a liberal activist. This isn't the first time Nathan Phillip has been in this situation. And he was featured in a video a couple of years ago by a rap group that was talking about wanting to kill cops. He was featured in a video about killing cops. That doesn't sound like a veteran to me. We respect the law. We respect the Constitution. Ed, so I want to know Ed. if this guy has the valor. But let me finish this. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this guy walks into this group of kids, banging his drum, banging his drum in the ear of this high school student who is sitting there looking at him. And this high school student puts a smile on his face. And I've done that smirk a thousand times. Because you have two choices in that situation. You can sit there and smile and let them think that it don't bother you, or you can respond in a negative way. That's it. The daggone class of high school students here and the way they responded actually gave me hope for the future. Because that could have went south real quick. But you have a bunch of black racist militant adults on one side attacking these white high school kids who are doing nothing more than waiting for their bus. And then you've got this Native American who thinks it's okay to try to bully a kid for a quick YouTube video by putting a drum in his ear and banging the son of a bitch and then playing like he's a victim. So the, so the white Indian, or the Indian, I guess, bullies these white kids. The black Native adult races bully these white kids. And the media screams, oh, they're victims. The, the white kids created all of this. And now we have the long video that shows they all lied. Go ahead, Paul. Is it any wonder, Ed, that the teachers and the students at Carrick Elementary engaged in bullying behavior toward this poor 10-year-old kid who committed suicide when, when they see this every day on the news from all these different activist groups? Okay. They see this, and they think this is normal behavior, and that's why they mimic it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. John Yarmuth, this, this, this piece of garbage. John Yarmuth sits out there and puts a daggone tweet out that, you know, we need to ban 
the MAGA hat. The MAGA hat is the problem because it, it promotes all this other silly shit. It's a hat. That hat don't have anything to do with anything. Not one damn thing. But John Yarbrough says that we have to ban that. So after he gets his ass chastised all day yesterday, by the way, he gets his ass chastised all day yesterday for being that stupid. Then he comes back and says, well, it was obviously a joke. I can't believe people took it serious. Are you kidding me? What the hell happened to the First Amendment? How does this moron continue getting elected? Because the only thing he's done since he's been in office is pad his own pocket with his almost family health care business with Obamacare. That's it. He hasn't done anything meaningful. All he does is play obstructionist. And now he's out there telling people they don't have First Amendment rights Blaming a hat that a high school kid wore. The kids in Washington, D.C., home of the daggone president of the United States, and he's wearing a Make America Great Again hat. I think that's about as patriotic as it gets. But somehow, John Yarmuth thinks that it's okay to attack the First Amendment and blame Trump for a confrontation that these kids didn't even start. I'm totally appalled. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, uh, one of... Uh... One of Tom McAdams' lawyer uh, equivalents here in Louisville, a guy by the name of J. Bruce Miller, took John Yarmuth to task tonight in some of the in the comments section. He um, he was lamenting the fact that with Yarmuth in the uh, in the chair of the uh, Budget Committee in the House and McConnell in charge of the Senate, that Louisville in particular, and Kentucky in general, should be poised to have all sorts of good things happen for it. But yet, with all this partisan bickering and the fact that these two guys uh, apparently will not get along, that we are being left behind. He, in fact, he pointed out the fact that uh, that Ron Mazzoli uh, and Gene Snyder were Kentucky's reps at one time, and they managed to get along and bring all sorts of good things to Kentucky. So, uh, so Tom, uh, if, if, uh, you probably know Jay Bruce Miller, who's a local oh, yeah. attorney. And, and I'll bet that you'd be pleasantly surprised at the fact that Jay Bruce and you probably agree on all of this stuff. Because just like, just like you and, and your JCPS view, Jay Bruce is a very staunch critic of the dysfunction that's happening there in the Jefferson County school system. Well, Bruce, Bruce Miller is an old friend of mine, and, and yes, we have discussed this, and we do see eye to eye on this and a, and a great many other things. Uh, I'm, I'm very much supportive of his desire to bring an NBA team to, to Louisville, but, but we haven't had much success in that either. <laughs> no. Uh, let me say something about this Nathan Phillips uh, uh, that, that perhaps a lot of people don't know. You know, he uh, he claims uh, to, to be an Omaha, to, an elder in the Omaha uh, tribe, but but the Omahas don't don't recognize him. Okay, so so he is sort of a self-appointed elder. Uh, he didn't actually grow up on a reservation. When he was five, he was adopted by a a white family and raised uh, in uh, in. Uh, oh my God, Lincoln, Rachel Dozal. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colin and, Kaepernick, and Rachel Dozal. Go he, ahead. He claims he, he never actually said 
that he was in Vietnam. He said he served in the Vietnam War. Now, if he's 64 years old, basically, even if he joined when he was 17, he was that there were no troops in. It. I mean, they started pulling troops out in 1973, and before that, in 1972. So the, the the chances of him actually serving in in Vietnam are probably zero. And he also says that he was in the Marine Corps, and that he was a recon ranger. Well, you and I know some Marines, and I've never heard of a recon ranger before. I don't think there is such a thing as a recon ranger. Uh, I think he's I think he's a a total fraud. I think he is uh, a stolen valor. I don't think he is an, an elder in the Indian uh, nation. I think he's just an opportunist. And he, if you look at those videos, he assaulted those kids. He came up on the steps where they were waiting for their bus to take them back to, back to Covington, and he started pounding this thing and chanting, and and I think that the kids behaved themselves in a very gentlemanly way. They started. They asked for permission to sing their school song, their school fight song, and and the the uh, uh, one of the one of the uh, uh, chaperones that was with them said, "Sure, go ahead." And so what they were trying to do is is drown out these these. Uh, uh, what the black Israelis or whatever they call themselves, these people that black were yelling, ca- yeah, they were calling them uh, homosexual names and saying that they were white uh, uh, shooters, that they were going to grow up to shoot up the schools, and just all kinds of really ugly, stupid things. A lot of a lot of obscenities right. that can't be repeated, uh, and and the whole thing is. He was try- this this guy Nathan Phillips was trying to stir up trouble. He wanted one of them to take a poke at him. He wanted to, you know when you get into Absolutely. somebody's private space, when you get into somebody's face and start beating a drum, that's an assault. Okay, that is uh, that is certainly uh, meets the definition of harassment. And these kids, I thought. I mean, for a bunch of bunch of sixteen, seventeen year olds, I thought they behaved themselves quite well. They were there for for the uh, the pro life demonstration that they have every year in Washington, and and Covington Catholic always has a, a group of boys that goes up there on a field trip every year to show their support for right to life, and and they were behaving themselves, and now they're getting death threats. Now, and, and everybody overreacted. Stupid uh, uh, Yarmouth comes out and says they ought to take their hats away from them, and they they ought to prohibit them from wearing their MAGA hats. I mean, great great fan of the First Amendment he is. Even the Archbishop up in Covington said this is terrible, and the and the school said we're going to investigate it, and somebody's going to going to be expelled, and all this stuff. Now they're backing away from that now. Now that the truth has come out. But all of the usual suspects, all of the liberals and the press and everything, jumped on this right away because you've got the ideal perpetrator. You've got the ideal oppressor. Privileged Absolutely. white males. Privileged white males. That Nothing that they could do could possibly be justified. They had to be the bad guys here. And here's this poor old Indian who, who's about as much of an Indian as I am, uh, ex-Marine, who's about as much of a Marine as I am, uh, the whole thing was a setup and a fraud. And, and, and the way that everybody fell for it so quickly, the way the national press fell for it, the way the, the, the local politicians fell for it, 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 I mean, even Allison London Grimes said something about it. You know, who in the hell cares what she says? All I'm saying is 
this was a good example of how fake news coming from the left is used to smear decent, innocent people. The same thing they did to Kavanaugh. The the, the, the same thing that they they tried to do with the with the uh, the fake news earlier in the week that uh, that the president had told his lawyer to go to Congress and lie. You know, they bring up this stuff, and no wonder nobody trusts the press. That's why people that really want to know what's going on. Um, they go to the internet. They listen to Ed, they listen to Ed Springsteen's blogspot, and they find out what the truth is. You're not going to learn it from 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 MSNBC or CBS or NBC. You might get a little bit of the of the news off of Fox, but but by and large, what you're getting is a a twisted view of reality from the left wing who who predominates the press, who predominates our our educational institutions. And, you know, I'm hoping that Donald Trump will invite these kids to the White House and give them all medals of freedom because I think they I deserve I would love it. that. Oh, I would love that. Well, you would, I, see, you know, you would right. see you would see liberal heads explode. I mean, you would see Kamala Harris uh, uh, slit her wrists on television if, if that happened. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. <laughs> Brought up two names I haven't even mentioned. Go ahead, Paul. Uh, a real quick update on this uh, Nathan Phillips guy. I just found a little tidbit here. It says that in 2015, a, uh, a Michigan local Fox affiliate reported that Nathan Phillips yes. filed a report of racial harassment with the Eastern Michigan University campus police against 30 to 40 students who referred to them as Hurons, which is the former mascot there at uh, Eastern Michigan, dressed as Native Americans for an American Indian theme party, and he was, quote, bombarded with racial slurs, unquote, and one of the students threw a beer can at him. So, it, you know, what are the chances <laughs> of any, any given well, human that story, being has two run-ins with too. students? Oh, I know. Well, there's actually he more to a, that story, too. He, he, he he's called the police. Victim. Absolutely, absolutely. There's actually more to that story. Because the story also goes on to tell you that there was supposedly a party being thrown by all these kids for, for you know, who were trying to honor Indians and their garb and stuff. And the police came and did an investigation and found no merits to anything he said. There was no signs of any party. There was no signs and no witnesses who could corroborate anything this guy said. They essentially called him a liar. Right, but he's getting the national attention he wants now because that's all he's about. I mean, they did a story on him today out of Omaha, um, you know, and they're talking about how you know he has this struggle. Uh, he's, he's an alcoholic. He's been fighting his own alcoholism. He spent his entire childhood going in and out of foster homes in Nebraska. He spent his early adulthood first in a Marine Corps and then later being thrown in and out of jail, probably for drinking, who knows. He's now he's now with some former school teacher he's supposedly been with since 1990, a former school teacher. Uh, you know, gee, I don't see any liberal activism in this bullshit at all, do you? I mean, it, it, it's insane. And none, of this stuff, and none of this stuff has ever been proven. They just take him at his word. You know, if I tell Would these guys ever- I'm a veteran, you know, I've, I've been asked was, to was prove it. Was ahead. Nathan Phillips ever on the? Uh, was he ever on the staff of BuzzFeed by any chance? <laughs> you know, very possible. I don't know, but I tell you, you know, it, it's interesting because we continue making these people stars, and it's all for the end game. 
I mean, if you have a moralless society, you can control everything for the powerful elite. And that's exactly what this is. If this wasn't, if this wasn't a bunch of Catholic, white Catholic school kids, it was another group of school kids, nobody would have confronted them, and it wouldn't be on the damn news anywhere. And by the way, they did have one of the black. They did have a black student. Now, I don't know what the black enrollment is at this school. I'm not trying to get in there. But one of the students did happen to be a black student. And the black racist militants were screaming at him and calling him derogatory yeah. names. You know, yeah. so this was all about attacking these kids because they were kids. They had a MAGA hat. They were Catholics. Let's attack them. They knew what the hell was going on because they even attacked the poor black kid who was just there for the same reason everybody else was. They wanted to visit. They were there for a march that they believed in. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? I mean, isn't that freedom? We're supposed to look at all these pussy hats. We're throwing trash everywhere, screaming and yelling and ranting and raving, all these fat, ugly women going out there naked, screaming about how Trump is screwing up their vaginas, and all this other silly shit. And that We're supposed to respect that, because that's American protest. These kids were doing nothing but standing there, and they were assaulted. And somehow, they're the, they're, they're the Philippines. That's ridiculous to me. Guys, I appreciate the phone calls. It's time to wrap this up. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you very much, Tom. I tell you, folks, it uh, it is to the point anymore of being absolutely ridiculous. It really, really is. We continue doing everything we can to destroy this society. And quite frankly, until now, it's been working. And that's why the liberal left is so pissed off, because what you're seeing right now is a president in the White House who is a true leader. He's a true leader. He's not out there dividing people for his own gain. What the hell is he going to get from us? Nothing he can really get from us. And you'll hear the liberals out there screaming, oh, he's going to get all these business deals and make yourself richer. Seriously? Seriously? Come on. Get over yourself. But we're supposed to say that it's okay for a second grader to learn how to use a dildo in his classroom, all right, because that's considered safe sex now. We're supposed to think it's okay for adults to harass kids. We're supposed to think it's okay for a 10-year-old who has a medical condition to be abused so bad that he commits suicide because the school system wanted to cover it up and not hold anybody accountable. We're supposed to believe all of this is okay because that's what the liberal press and the liberal mindset has been playing on us, not just for a couple of years, folks. It's been going on for decades. And we're finally starting to see the fruits of all of it because they're not even trying to hide anything anymore. But because of their daggone shenanigans, because of the crap that they do, and because they've had the power to try to make everybody think that any daggone vile, disgusting thing they do should be accepted in society, nobody knows what the hell real life is supposed to be about. We've got the parents of a 10-year-old kid grieving because this 10-year-old kid got so lost, his friends turned his back on him. The adults at JCPS turned his back on him. And he had to go to school every day where he spent the majority of his time, as we all know. And he had to face that. That was too much for him. And he committed suicide. A 10-year-old kid. Now, I don't know anything about Seven's home life. I don't know if his parents are good people or not. I really don't. I'm not going to sit here and try to figure it out. 
because it doesn't matter. The system failed 10-year-old seven, and he's not alone. This happens each and every day, as Mr. McAdam pointed out, one of his clients is Siri JCPS because they failed her. This is the problem. High school kids, the high school kids at Covington Catholic, I have to agree with Mr. McAdam. They probably deserve Freedom Awards. Really, seriously. Think of another situation where you've had a group of teenage kids, that many teenage kids in a situation where a couple of people were assaulting them and they didn't cause harm to those people. It wouldn't happen at Louisville, shit. You walk through Louisville alone, you're going to have five guys beat you up just because they don't like your skin color. You tell somebody, you know, to leave you alone, they're going to call a gang to come finish the job they started. These kids show such incredible restraint when the adults, so-called adults, because I don't think any of those can be considered adults, including Nathan Phillips, who I believe is a stolen valor piece of shit. And until he can prove otherwise, I'll believe that. And if he is, doesn't have stolen power, in my opinion, he's still a piece of shit to attack a child. Now, I know for you 16, 17, 18-year-old guys out there, I'm not a child. No offense, guys. When you get a little bit older, you'll realize, yeah, you really were. But these kids were doing nothing. Minding their own business, waiting for a bus, and they get attacked by a bunch of black racists, and then they get attacked by a so-called Indian who thinks he's got some credibility. It's disturbing. This is America. And these liberals continue to sit here, and they continue talking about, well, we've got to worry about the kids. We've got to protect the kids. And what happens? First thing out of the gate, a liberal, John Yarmuth, right here in Louisville, attacks the kids for wearing a hat. And then after he gets his ass trashed for 12, 14, year, 14 hours, oh, no, no, I was kidding. It was obviously a joke. They should have known that. No. He knows everything he says has consequences. He's not a damn fool. So, you know, he used to own the Leo that he gave to his son, right? So he was a, a supposed, supposed uh, reporter and newspaper owner and editor, right? He knows the score with all of that. Now he wants to sit out here and play this dumb game. No, he's a moron who has nothing on his mind whatsoever except making sure he benefits. If they get rid of Obamacare, John Yarmuth loses a lot of money. That's why he wants Obamacare to stay in place. But that made him richer beyond his wildest dreams. That's the crap we deal with. Now, Tom McAdam mentioned Allison London and Grimes. For those of you who have been living in a vacuum, Allison London and Grimes announced today she will not seek the office of governor for family reasons. She is a new parent. She just had a baby recently, and she decided she wanted to spend time with her family. Now, with all that said, I do know Allison Lundig and Grimes and her husband have had a hard time having kids. And, you know, congratulations to you guys for having your child. But I also told you guys a few weeks ago she was not going to get in this race for family reasons. It had nothing to do with her child. It had to do with her daddy. Jerry Lundig and Grimes, she was still facing charges. So, you know, um, I'm glad she's not in the race. I didn't think she was going to get in it because she had no shot in hell of winning it at all. And I hope that while she's taking this time away that she actually is focusing on her family and her child 
And if she realizes we really don't want her in office ever again, she's a waste of space. You know, Kamala Harris announced today that she was going to run for president. No big surprise. We've been telling her this crap forever. All right. But here's, here's somebody else I want you guys to reflect on. She's a far-left liberal communist. She's an African-American woman who has served less than one term in Congress, but all of a sudden thinks she's qualified to be president, who has never really accomplished anything in her life. When she was attorney general in California, she had scandal after scandal after scandal. Sounds a lot to me like a Barack Obama. And we all know how that turned out after eight years. But back to the important issues for Louisville. It's time we held JCPS accountable. It's time we went into Van Hoose Education Center and we gutted the staff there. It's time that we took these chiefs out of office. We need to eliminate the school board. It's time to downsize the daggone red tape and the overhead in the school system. We've got a $1.1 billion budget. We've got 100,000 students, and we've got 150 schools. We do not need two or three chiefs for every teacher or Indian that's in the classroom. For those of you who don't like my language and, don't, and, and are offended that I'm not politically correct, tough. I don't care. I'm not going to be politically correct to soothe your little snowflake feelings. I'm going to tell you how it is. That's just the way it is. And quite frankly, there's a hell of a lot of people out there who are finally standing up and are so sick of political correctness that they're finally standing up and speaking what they believe and what they want to say to. That's called freedom of speech. That's America. To the Covington Catholic kids, thank you. Thank you for showing restraint when you were put into an impossible situation. Mr. Sandman, the young man with the MAGA hat, thank you for putting out a daggone letter to explain what happened in your version. We thank you for that. If you guys want to get on air and talk about that, you contact me, Ed Springston. I'm on Facebook, and my phone number is there as well. But I would love to talk to you and get a, and get a first account of it. But if we're going to talk about putting our kids first, and we want to protect kids like the Covington Catholic kids, but more importantly, we want to protect kids like Seven, the 10-year-old who committed suicide. If we're serious about all of these things, then it's time to roll the clock back, start getting accountability, start holding people responsible for their actions, including these so-called adults, and let's move on and get it right. It's time to do something to change the dynamics of where we are right now before it gets to the point where it can't be changed. That's it for tonight, folks. I appreciate your listening. Thank you very, very much. We will be back next week at the same time. Mr. Martin should be with us, I believe. Um, but in the meantime, have a great week. Thanks for listening, you know, and uh, God bless you all. Take care. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. <laughs>